When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, que tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Dios FM. Hello, welcome back to Locatora Radio. Welcome back, Locamores. This is Brown Girl Hour. And this is Diosa. And Mala. Locatora Radio is a podcast archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. I'm so, so, so excited to finally be back yes. at Espacio Recording. We took a little break, and this is our very first capítulo of 2018. Welcome to season two. Welcome to season La two. La segunda temporada for we, all of my noveleras out there. Right? We made it, hoes. Yes. We made it through season one. We made it through 2017, Ooh, yeah. most importantly. Try to take us out. Honestly, and even like the beginning of 2018 has been a little bit rough. I cannot lie. Right, right. There's been some stuff going on, but here we are. We're persisting, here. resisting, all of those things. Per usual. Yeah. So we have so many exciting things coming for 2018. 
I'm so excited to just like we had we planted all of our seeds in 2017, yeah. Oh, yeah. right? So now I'm excited to really watch everything grow, cultivate what we've started. Absolutely, do like round two of things. Oh like yeah, this capítulo, for example, we'll get into the topic in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited for season two. It's going to be a fabulous season. It's going to be a fabulous year. And this year, it's a new year and we have new rules. A la Dua Lipa. Yes. Like, for real, for real. For real, for real. Like, we made some changes in 2017. I know I made a lot of changes in 2017. And I cut off things that weren't working for me anymore. Same. And I'm starting new things and new patterns and a new mindset. Yes. And we have new rules. New rules. I'm not putting up with any bullshit. No. Anymore. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to fucking do it. I agree. And that's just how I'm deciding to live my life. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just so happy with like the stability of my mental health right now. Like I just put so much work with my therapist in 2017. Mm. So I just feel like, you know, now when things go wrong, like I can handle it as opposed to before. It's like you feel like everything's going to crash around you. But right. like now I'm like, OK, like I've made it through the toughest year of my life right. thus far. I know that whatever comes my way, I have like the tools I need. I have the support system I need. I'm good. You know, I love that. Yeah. Congratulations. So, thank you. That's a big deal. I know. So here's to 2018, you know, to, you know, being healthy, Growing some wealth. Growing some wealth of all kinds. <laughs> of all, all types kinds. of wealth, you know. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, that cash wealth, but also the spiritual wealth. Spiritual and wealth. The love and the friendships. Health and is all wealth. That. Health right? is wealth. 2017 taught me that. Health oh my is God. wealth. And that is so real. Mm-hmm. We have to pri- prioritize ourselves and our health and our bodies. I agree. Yes. So those are some of our new rules and our new resolutions for the new year. Mm-hmm. And in, 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 you know, speaking of new things that we're introducing this year. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, ooh. I'm so excited. We're introducing some new elements, some new segments to yes. Locatora. Yes, we're going to be rolling out some segments throughout the year, but today we have our very first one. Yes, and you know, usually like when, when we do our capítulos, either it's just, you know, Diosa and I talking, 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 shooting the shit, or we have guests here, but now we're going to actually implement some new programming to like diversify a little bit yes. and keep things fun, keep things different. Oh, we are keeping things fresh for y'all. Oh, yes. You oh, know, yes. we're trying to be as original as possible. So so our new segment, every capítulo of Locatora Radio, we are going to be answering listener questions. And the name of our new segment is Oye Loca. Then I feel like we get a lot of the time, but we haven't really answered it. And I would say that our listeners would like to know. Okay, what is, is it? our beauty and skincare routine yes important important very important so do you want to go first Mala? yes i can go first okay so let me start by saying that my mom always always taught us to take care of our skin even as little girls she even wanted us like to start with like night cream and eye cream before we went to bed so i will try to always moisturize i don't really buy as much store-bought creams Mm -hmm. as much anymore but i do like i have this jar of like raw coconut oil that's actually from Trader Joe's that I love and that I use as a makeup remover. Mm -hmm. My mom also always taught us like if you have blemishes and things to use like half a lemon Mm. and rub that on your face. We we would use a lot of like like or like food based products basically fruits and vegetables on our skin and hair. Mm -hmm. Like we would always my mom would have us do a hair mask of like avocado and olive oil. Nice. Sometimes of mayonnaise. Um I've done avocado masks before. I really like um, charcoal masks and the African black soap masks. Mm -hmm. Those are really good, too. So, yeah, a variety of things. But I love olive oils. 
are really good for your hair. I love coconut oils for my skin. And that's that's what I do. I drink lots of water. Mm-hmm. I love water. I drink water all the time. I don't really drink soda um, to balance out all the alcohol that I drink. Right? You same. Know? same. <laughs> I feel the like, same way. That's yeah. Me. I would say starting with water is like so important. Um, yes. I have this app on my phone. Um, let me pull it up what it's called. But it basically allows me to track my water intake. It's called iHydrate. And my daily goal is 80 ounces. And I'm really good about getting my 80 ounces in. That's great. So I'm running to the restroom all the time. Same. But, you know, I've not, I've noticed that, like, there is a difference in my skin. Um, it, when I was in high school, I had um, I had acne. You know, it wasn't too bad. I think it was just, like, general, like, teenage acne. Right. You know? But I still get blemishes here and there. Um, and I think I'm still, like, self-conscious of my skin because no, I had acne. But you have great skin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I put a lot of work into my skin. Um, same with Mala. I use coconut oil as a makeup remover. I use a Pons, the cream cleanser, to remove all of my makeup. Um, and then also the African black soap. Love it. Witch hazel. Witch hazel is yes. a great, great witch primer. Witch hazel, I use the, like, it has, it's rose-infused. I buy it at Target. I don't know the name, but it's witch hazel. And, um serums are something i'm trying to incorporate mm. before you so you put it on after your toner pre-moisturizer i don't have one that i like thus far they're all really expensive mm. so i like do little samples here and there yeah um and then moisturizer i just like rotate out it really depends on the weather so i have like my winter moisturizer my summer moisturizer so it really depends um but I would say, like, don't sleep with your makeup on. No. Which is sometimes, you know, we come home from the club. Sometimes we're guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it here yeah. and there. It happens. I know that when I come home, you know, having, after having a few drinks and I, like, don't want to, what's good to have is, like, makeup remover, makeup wipes, wipes by your bed. Oh, yeah. So I will just take off my makeup and I'm like, okay, at least I took off my makeup. I didn't yep. wash my face, but at least my makeup is off. At the very least. You yeah. got to do that. I try to do that, too. Always yeah. take your makeup off before you sleep. Um, I would also say I struggle with this because I go well in this past week I've been going to the gym straight from work so but don't work out with makeup on no you know I know some people do a full face for the gym I've seen it and like power to you but I know that my skin cannot handle sweat and makeup you want your skin to also be able to breathe while you're working out yeah the makeup your pores are open yeah Oh, that's the other thing is like I have big pores so I'm constantly like Biore pore strips and I'm like I like to do a lot of, um, I use the St. Ives, the apricot scrub. Yeah. I know it's harsh on a lot of people, but for me, the um, exfoliating is so important. Yeah, I exfoliate exfoliating. every day, every day, every yes. day. Yes, I do a mask once or twice a week, a sheet mask or a clay mask. <gasps> the Korean sheet masks are everything. <gasps> They're so good. Everything, everything. Yeah. And you can get them for cheap. You can. Yeah, I, and Target even has, like, their own brand where they're, like, 2 or $3 for, like, one sheet mask, which I know, like, if you're buying a couple, that's a lot. But, like, here and there, like, I really yeah. like to I like to fall asleep with them on, especially because they're, like, serum-based. So yeah. it's like you're putting a – it is like you're putting a serum on your face. They're so. very soothing. Yes. I love them. Yeah. So that is our first segment of Oye Locas. Oye Locas. Are we answering just the one question or are we going to answer two questions? Should we do two? Should we do one at the end? We'll do one at the end. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. 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 Okay. So like we, this episode, this capitulo, we're getting into loca epistemologies part two. Yes. Um, I think so loca epistemologies part one, like really set the framework for locatora radio. Right. So since we're beginning a new year, I want it to be the same. You know, I wanted to set a framework for where we're at, you know, check in 
also expand on like our very first concept of loca epistemologies yeah. so i'm super excited absolutely that we're bringing this one back and that was the very first capitulo of locatora radio ever yes was loca epistemologies so it's yeah. just full circle full circle i can't believe that we're already here like this right? is wild part I, two i love that we're able to do part two of things now yes. um especially because we have so much to say about everything oh shit <laughs> y'all know this if anything we have more to say than than even before right. i 100 percent agree <laughs> i you know that capitulo is so important because like i said it it shapes it really lays the groundwork for locatora radio at the same time, because it was the first episode, I can't really listen to it because sure. I'm like, oh, it's like kind of cringeworthy to me. Okay. Only because it's like we were brand new. We were brand new. We were new. learning. Um, we didn't really necessarily know about like our sound, yeah. our, our rhythm. Yes. Yes. And I know we did. I feel dynamic. like in our very first capítulo, we did a lot of like talk back to each other, which is good in a conversation. But when you're when you're listening to it as someone else, if you're a listener, right, it's, it can be a little much. Sure. Um, so I, I really like that, you know, how much we've grown, how much we've learned. So I'm really excited that now we can bring this episode back. And, you know, we're well seasoned now. So I think so. We have a good sazón completa. Yes! Oh, my God, what a throwback. That I is know. a fucking throwback. That was one of my first uh, Twitter handles. Yes. I was sazón completa for years. Yes. Oh, how cute. I know. So we have our sazón now. We have our sazón. Um, but if, if for those of you maybe like and, and here's the thing is we have a lot more listeners now we do versus when we recorded the very first look epistemologies and you know maybe a lot of our new listeners haven't necessarily heard all of our capitulos yet all right. the way through so just to recap you know our very first capitulo look epistemologies we talked about how basically for us we can look at historically like in latinx communities women survivors queer folks who have spoken up against like abuse or powerful men mm -hmm. are so often pathologized and called locas and crazy and dismissed and oh no tuta loca you know mm -hmm. can't don't listen to you we can't listen to her she's always you know yelling about something yes and we want to reclaim yes. that right and you know mala and i both self-identify as locas yes which is why we created locatora radio right and i think you know also, in addition to what Mala said, it's also a loca is someone that goes outside of the norm, right? Mm -hmm. In many ways, you know, we, we moved away from home, which is outside of the norm, right? We have, you know, very, well, not very, but we have, like, we're very transparent about our dating lives, right? right? Which right. is not something that, like, a niña buena does, right? No. We're very malcriadas in that way. So I think that's, you know, that's another way that we try to reclaim and embrace the term loca, right? And also really looking and revealing you know, the fact that historically the women that have been demonized and called, called crazy are actually survivors. Yes. Are actually survivors of abuse and survivors of patriarchal violence and, you know, rape culture and sexual assault. And we talked about, for example, in our first capitulo, our first example of the loca and where our epistemology can be formed around is a figure such as La Malinche. Yes. For example, right? That in our culture, especially for like Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, Chicanos, there's this this desire to really talk down about her or she's a traitor, a race traitor, when she was really an indigenous woman who was sexually assaulted right. and kidnapped and yes. bought and sold, yes. you know? Yeah, I 100% agree and I echo that sentiment. Mm -hmm. um, so really like reframing and giving power to these survivor narratives, right? That's what we do on in with this podcast on Locatora Radio. Yeah. Um, and it's what we're going to continue to do in this year of 2018. Yeah, and I mean, especially we, uh, it, you know, 
all of 2017, we continue to touch upon survivorhood, survivor narratives, rape culture, sexual violence, especially with everything that's been going on, the disclosures of sexual harassment, Hollywood, the movie industry, film and television. We continue to talk about all of this stuff in almost every capitulo, but I think today especially, like it's important to, to kind of recap of what's been going on. Right, yeah. Right, and how women are being treated, how survivors are being treated in the midst of all of this, yes. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for part two of local epistemologies, you know, we want to touch on, talk about the, with the women who have spoken up against powerful men, right? And we're stigmatized. We're called crazy, right? This is not something new. Right. Um, we know that this is what survivors are told, survivors of abuse, of rape, of domestic violence. Um, and there's, there's also, um, I think when you, when you do speak out against violence, there's also a loss that you're feeling, right? There's yeah. a loss of maybe this narrative you constructed about yourself, right? There's also grief involved in the process, which I don't think we talk a lot about, um, mm, grief itself. That this thing occurred, yes. that it happened. Right, right. Because I, I think, you know, uh, something that with the victim blaming that goes on when a survivor tries to disclose like an assault or abuse, right? This victim blaming like assumes that, that there's some type of win here for the survivor right. in speaking out or there's something to be gained when they're, quite often 90% of the time is nothing to be gained. Yes. Right? And it's a horrible thing to be talking about. It's not something that's done with like joy. Right. You know, there's joy in being able to speak up for oneself and mm -hmm. to take up your space again and reclaim your agency. There's joy in that. Yes. Right? But I think so many of the survivors and a lot of the, the women in Hollywood, right, who have like come out, talked about what's been going on, they've keep been keeping that stuff bottled up for years. Right. You know, while they're in the public eye, we mm. there's all this other stuff in the background that none of us knew about, really. Right, right. And knowing that if they spoke up at the time, it would affect their careers, right? That their careers would be over, that no one would want to work with them. So these are things that women have carried. And outside of Hollywood, women do carry this, this shame, right? Mm -hmm. That their life is going to be over. Um, so, you know, we want to hold space for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So... Um, we're going to bring in a new example today yes. as well, uh, expanding the loca epistemologies and who else is doing it? Who else is yes. creating a, a loca epistemology? Yes. So we have an example, actually, a South American example. Yes, we do. We have two South American examples. Um, so one, a few months ago, um, there is an exhibit that opened up at the Museum of Sex in New York City, and it's called Virgenes de la Puerta, and the photographer artist is named Juan Jose Barbosa Gubo. And he's an, art an, an artist, a photographer, that photographs trans women in Peru. And what he does is he makes them, um, he photographs them as, as um, religious icons. Like as right? santas. As santas. So Virgenes de la Puerta is, is about highlighting the marginalization that trans women, in Lima, specifically in Lima, face. Um, how there's very few resources from them, how the Catholic Church does everything in its power to destroy any type of resources that are available to the trans community in Peru. Um, so in specifically in this, uh, this exhibit, it's about celebrating the beauty in these trans women in this trans community, specifically in South America and Peru. Um, so we wanted to talk about that because it's super right. powerful. Um, and the photos themselves are gorgeous. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. If you have not seen them. Yes, we will post some. And we can kind of just talk about some of the photos and kind of describe them. Yeah, absolutely. So one that's really beautiful is three women um, that are one. One woman is like sitting uh, on a throne and she is like adorned with 
with a veil and yeah. then there are two women sitting beneath her that are also wearing crowns also adorned and they're just really like just striking a pose it's like a holy trinity exactly. type setup, and they're wearing blue and soft blues and whites and it's very beautiful yes they're very ethereal these photos very ethereal very very otherworldly yes but there's this mixture of like chaos that goes on like in this photo that you're showing there's like a naked mujer sitting in the middle of a room and there's a bunch of chairs surrounding her and they're kind of topsy-turvy and, and on top of each other mm -hmm. and pointing in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's important to talk about the trans community, specifically when we're talking about loca epistemologies, is because trans folks are very often called crazy, right? right? They're they're outside of the norm, right, según. Um, and they are also, you know, the, the most persecuted. Right, yeah, absolutely. And I think... Like, uh, you know, trans, I think scholars and thinkers will talk about this, but there's a piece of this where it's like society is are treating trans women as if they are rejecting manhood or masculinity, yes. right? And so that stigma and that hatred comes out because who would choose femininity over masculinity? Right. Who would right. choose to do away with whatever society's per perception of your, ma your manhood or your masculinity mm -hmm. Right, and do away with that and reject mm -hmm. it. And it's yeah. seen as this total, like, turn, this total, like, unexpected turn of events for a patriarchal society, for yes. a machista society. Yes. It's not the preferred route, no. right? No, and, like, only a loca, right, would do that, Yeah. right? Only a crazy person would decide to, you know, flip this upside down, right? Según society, right? Según these, like, norms. patriarchal norms, exactly. Because as we know, and as we've talked about, and I mean, like here in Los Angeles, this is very true, like communities throughout the area that we now know as Latin America, but indigenous communities for, for centuries, there have been multiple genders, yes. third genders, exactly. gender fluidity. I mean, we can talk about like here in my community in Pico Union every year, there's a Guelaguetza mm -hmm. in the Oaxacan community. And there's always a contingent of the Muche. Mm -hmm. And they have like a Muche queen, La Reina de las, de las Muches. They have a court, princesses. And so like that community is very present, right? And right. so the, the Muche would be considered like a third gender or yes. trans women from a specific like Oaxacan indigenous communities. And so the community has always been here, you know? Absolutely. It's about, but can we honor and can we recognize and actually like give that respect and that space and protection? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I wanted to just read a quote from the artist website. Um, they're talking about like the concept of Virgenes de la Puerta and how it dates back to La Virgen de la Concepción, um, which hung with like a celebration in Otusco, Peru. So it's the northern part of Peru. And um, there's like a feast and a festival. So there's this tale that was born in like the nine between the 1970s and the 1980s that there was a priest that would travel to Peru and he would bring a congregation of trans women to really take care of the feast and the festival. Mm. Um, and this is like like a, like a tale, right? They say that like, oh, it's hard to find the, the, the priest and it's hard to like tell who it was and like who it dates back to. But this is like basically a folktale Folklore, right. in um, Peru, right? In the northern part of Peru that unlike other clergymen, unlike other priests, he actually embraced the trans women in the trans community and allowed them to be active participants in the congregation, right? And entrust them with an important task, which is to take care of the effigy of La Virgen de la Puerta. So that is why this 
this exhibit is called Virgen de la Puerta. Um, so I just wanted to, to honor the, the photographer and the women that are in this this beautiful exhibit and this beautiful project. Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, talk about the trans communities in Latin America. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about, too. Um, you know, here in L.A., I know that um, we have like Bambi Salcedo and Janice Gutierrez who mm-hmm. do a lot of education and activism around, you know, undocumented trans Latin American women. Yes. Um, and so that's a huge focus, especially here in L.A. If we think about like detainment, immigration raids, we think about the most vulnerable of our undocumented community. Yes. It's, it's going to be transgender individuals, transgender women who are most likely leaving home countries yes. where there's violence. Exactly. Right? Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that we're able to like bring th- that survivor narrative here into this space, yeah. into into Locatora Radio. Yes, I think I agree. it's time to come up to our song break now. Yes. Podcasteras peligrosas. more to talk about as far as loca epistemologies and more mm-hmm. examples um, from South America of yes. locas doing it. Yes. Um, I'm sure by now, we've talked about it on this capítulo before, but I'm sure y'all are familiar with Ni Una Menos. Mm-hmm. It's a collective of activists, you know, academics, journalists, artists, mujeres um, that was born, it's a movement that was born in Argentina. Um, in Argentina, every 30 hours a woman is murdered for being a woman, right? right. So gender-based violence. Um, femicides are a very big part of Latin America, right? right. Um, so this was born out of, you know, mujeres wanting to say, like, basta los feminicidios, you know, right. it's time. Um, so, I mean, I think... This is an ongoing it's, it's conversation. An, exactly. Because we did do another... Last year, um, last spring in 2017, I went to Mexico City. Right. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this trip on yeah. one of our past capítulos. But just to recap, and again, for our new listeners, because, you know, uh, there might be listeners who are just picking up now or just yeah. starting with season two or whatever. But I went to Mexico City and Ni Una Menos became very relevant while I was there because two different things happened while I was yes. in Mexico City with, with two of my girlfriends, my uh, coworkers. So we went and we wanted to go to the Museum of Tolerance because there was an ongoing uh, feminicidio, ex- you know, exhibition that was going on there. And what was interesting was that the Museum of, of Tolerance, it's a, holo- it's a genocide museum in mm-hmm. Mexico City in the capital. And they had two separate feminicidio exhibits going on at once on yeah. two different floors at this Holocaust museum, at this genocide museum. So there was one about feminicidio in Mexico and another one about feminicidio in Guatemala. So already just in one building, you right. have two separate feminicidios in countries that are very close to each other, right? right? And it's just 
it was just it was it made me cry you know the whole thing i talked about it on on whatever capitulo that was but just so many women so many women of color so many latin american women murdered by men in our own communities and right. in our own cultures and those are the men that kill us right our, our own right you know um and a statistic that i remember from then a year ago that will always like stick to me there was a statistic that they showed that over 45% of, like, murdered women and girls in Mexico, their bodies are left in public places, mm. right? And how feminicidio is such a public thing and such a, yes. a public action, and it's an act of terrorism, right? Exactly. To remind us that we're not safe and our bodies are not our own. Right, and that was, one, that was um, there were two, in, two acts of violence that occurred in, Argenti in Argentina. Um, one of them was a woman was murdered and then just, you know, yeah. left on the side of the road, which that was one of the catalysts of why Nuna Menos was, was born and was, there was a need for it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, to say, like, Nuna Menos is, is international, right? Oh, Every yeah. Latin American country has their own marcha de Nuna Menos, right? Peru has a chapter... Um, Brazil has a chapter, Mexico, like every year there is a march and it's on the same oh, yeah. day. Um, and it's to talk about femicides, right? Right. And, and while I, and I'm sorry, no, but the, that's, and while I was in Mexico and we went to this, this, um, genocide museum while I was there, a right. girl, yes. a student was mm -hmm. strangled. She was murdered by her boyfriend mm -hmm. and her body was left next to the engineering building on the UNAM campus. Yes. And UNAM is the largest university in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yes. So all this happened while I was there. There were, and so and inevitably the ni una menos hashtags were going off online. Mm -hmm. There were y marches. Si me matan. Si me matan. And I wanted you're talking about how this is international, right? Yes. It's Latin America, but also like recently this little girl, the seven year old girl, Zainab Ansari, mm -hmm. um, of Pakistan, who was like kidnapped and then she was raped and murdered right mm -hmm. and her body was found and so now in pakistan the women over there mm -hmm. right they're doing their ni una menos right? right because this is really everywhere right and you know one thing i've seen um on facebook like because i follow a lot of um feminist like collective groups of latin america and a lot of the comments that i read because i love to read the comments because you can really see where people are at mm. right like in the comments and a lot of the comments are from men saying like well men are killed even more right the difference is that men aren't killed for being men, no. right? You know, there of course there is like domestic violence that affects men. We know that, right? It's right. a smaller percentage. We're talking about women that are killed by their partners, you know, by the men in their lives yeah. simply for for being women, yeah. right? Um to because they have control over them because women are not their own autonomous beings, right? right. Because the men are entitled to even their life. Yeah, right? absolutely. There's, I mean, the phenomenon of femicide is this phenomenon in which the when women are murdered, when there is a homicide of a woman, when a woman is murdered, the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, she is killed by a man, just yes. in general. Whether that's her partner, it's more likely to be, but there is a very like intense phenomenon that only really goes in this one direction. Men kill women in mass, it does not go the other way. Right. Women right. do not murder men in mass. When men are murdered, they're likely murdered by other men. Right. So men murder everybody. Right. Right, and I think that's so much of the roots of all this violence is we have to be honest about that. Yes. And be like, hey, there's a problem here. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I'm, I'm not sure if we talked about this. I know Mal and I, we've talked about it, you know, just between the two of us. But when you see, like, acts of terror, like mass shootings, like, more likely than not, the, the shooter, who is a man has also history of domestic violence. Oh, my goodness. Of violence against women. Yes, and it's just proven 
almost every single in recent memory in the past years, almost every single mass shooter, there was some previous history of violence against women, of partner abuse, of domestic violence, yes. almost every single mass shooter. And it's it's scary. And it's right. like if you want to stop mass shootings, you need to listen to women. Yes. Like, you have to. Like, yes. really, it's life and death at this point. Exactly. Believe women. Yes. Believe survivors. Right? Ah, so, so much. Right. So, I mean, when women are talking about femicides, when women are talking about um, the intimate intimate partner violence that they're facing, um, it's... The a, gaslighting. Right. The gaslighting. Yeah. That's where the loca comes in, right? That's the loca. The loca I'm going to call her crazy because I never, I never hit her, right? But I was, you know, psychologically abusive. Exactly. But I pero nunca la pegué, right? So there's there's a lot of these this gaslighting that happens. Um, so it's it's really important that we talk about how women are called, painted as the crazy ones, right? When they're talking about violence against them, and when they're simply pointing out our own experiences, right? And then the you mentioned, you know, like you know, well, if I didn't hit her or whatever, and Bad Dominicana Sarah yes. Kelly had come up with the hashtag quizás no te pegue. Mm-hmm. Right, which has also gone international, yes. which is about all the different types of intimate partner violence and abuse. So check out that hashtag also for in Spanish, that mm-hmm. dialogue as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, quizás no te pegue. Mm-hmm. Right, another great source. So yeah, I mean, part of this, and we can always go back to this idea of like survivorhood being criminalized, right? Mm-hmm. And there are feminists and womanists who for many years have talked about the fact that like women, that we have no selves to defend, right? That women of color have no selves to defend, especially in, with regards to like black women and native women. So if you don't actually, if I don't actually have a body to defend, yes. right? I don't have rights. Then when my act of self-defense is going to be read as outright violence mm-hmm. or criminality, right? Because I don't have a, anything to defend, exactly. right? I have no autonomy. I have no boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we must be crazy to speak up against power. Right. We must be crazy because what rights are we, what rights? Exactly. Do, it's like we're delusional, right? Because yes. we're asking for respect in a place that doesn't even recognize us as fully human. Right, right, right. So that's why you just, we have to keep being loud. Yes. That's the only option. That is the only option. Really? Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially with all this stuff going on, I see really a shift happening. I can feel like the, the cishet men are really scared. They are. They're shook and they should be scared. I want them to be scared, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, just the other day, um, like, women came forward and were talking about James Franco. Like, yes. And the shit that he was doing. At acting schools, apparently, that he was going to acting schools yes. and trying to get the girls, the women, the students, the actresses to exchange sexual favors for movie parts, for movie roles. It's disgusting. And it's like all these men over all these years with control of the money, the studios, the millions and billions of dollars, Mm -hmm. the equipment, the means of production. It's so shitty because I'm sure that if those shitty men were not there and like women, femmes, queer people, more people of color had access to all of those resources, like cinema, the movies, the media that we would have now today would be so different. Oh, absolutely. Damn. Ugh, it's gross to me that like rapists have controlled Hollywood for so long. Like it's just straight up, yeah, literally rapists, yeah, and have controlled all the money. Right, right, and like Woody Allen is still like doing the damn thing. Roman Polanski like, is still out there. Yes, they're all still out there. All still Harvey out Weinstein there. is still out there. No, yeah. I haven't heard of anybody facing criminal charges. Right, you'll hear here and there. Oh, you know the police are investigating. In, at the NYPD are investigating Harvey Weinstein and now they're investigating Steven Seagal but to what end investigating and this is what I want everybody to know in that in my field of work in rape crisis work 
what I come to learn is that when the police say they're investigating, that can mean anything. That can mean, oh, we attempted to call the suspect three times and couldn't get an interview. Well, right. we attempted to investigate. Mm. That's really what it means to them sometimes. So when we talk about these powerful men who have committed all these acts of sexual violence, they're being investigated. Well, what the fuck does that really mean? Exactly, exactly. Hmm. So belief survivors. Belief survivors. New year, new rules. New year, new rules. <laughs> We're already exhausted. We're already like, oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, keep being a loca. Keep being a loca. A loca, loca ex, like, Do you. Be do yourself. You. Be your fucking self. Yes. Keep, like, pushing the boundaries. Always. Is what I say. And because you never know what will come mm-hmm. of that. Because, you know, people are always watching. People are always watching. People are always watching. And you never know. You just deciding to be yourself and living your authentic self and creating what you want to create. People watch and they're drawn to it. It inspires It them. inspires. Yes. Connections are made. Mm-hmm. New opportunities are possible when you're yourself, you know? Yes. Yeah. I agree. Well, this has been a cute re-entry into, like, recording yes. and coming back in the stew, in the studio. <laughs> 2018. 2018. First capitulo of the year. Yes, we have, um, before we wrap up, we have some announcements. Yes. This has been in the works for <gasps> months since like the summer, maybe even before yeah, the summer. And we've been dying to talk about it. Oh dying. my God. But the plane tickets have been booked. Officially. Contracts have been signed. Yes. So we can finally talk about it. Um, we will be at the University of Oregon on february 1st and february 2nd um we were invited to speak at their rasa conference yeah their mecha like rasa youth conference yes exactly so we will be the keynote we will be the keynote host locatora is delivering an effing keynote yes we're really excited we will also be hosting a workshop yeah um at the conference and then the day before we're hosting a workshop with their multicultural center so if you're in Oregon, you know, this is at the University of Oregon in Eugene. In Eugene. We're super, super excited to be there. Come see us. Come see us. Um, Come say hi. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is, this is going to be a cute trip. It is. Because is this our first out-of-state trip? This is our first out-of-state trip. Our first out-of-stater. So yes. exciting. We're excited. We did some college, some college uh, speaking gigs and workshops in 2017, and we just want to grow and keep doing it. And we love students. We love universities. Yeah. Bring us out. Yeah. We, we have, have a lot to say. Yeah, we have some exciting events happening in 2018. So, you know, we're going to keep those under wraps for now. For now. But we're super excited to share that yes. we'll be at the University of Oregon. And I just want to shout out the organizer, Veronica. She has yes, been girl. reaching out to us. You know, the the idea, she brought the idea to us and we were super down. And it's been like a while, like m- many months that we've been like, in, in contact works. with her um and now it's finally you know here so we're really excited so shout out girl you're probably listening yes she's a local so i'm super <laughs> excited um yeah so we'll be there we'll be there and you know as always you guys know where to find us where to follow us we're on instagram at locatora underscore radio we're on soundcloud we're at audio boom twitter at locatora underscore radio um we're on gmail we're everywhere (laughs) you know so follow us hit us up comment review like share please leave us a review on itunes yes please we have 64 little stars and i can't wait till we get to 100 so please help us out leave a review if you feel so inclined to do so we love reading them we love our reviews we screenshot them and send them to each other we do (laughs) because they're so sweet know that we read them if you've left one we love you 
All right, locamores. This has been the very first capítulo of 2018, season two. Until next time. Besitos. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en Español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.